0: Podcast one. Hello, welcome back to Koshi's Easy Steps to Financial Success. I'm David Kosh. I am on a mission to help you fulfil your financial dreams. In this episode, we're talking all about the birds and the bees. Well, financially at least. You see, Libby and I have been hearing a lot of people saying we just can't afford to have a baby. From friends of our adult children to our nieces and nephews. Young Aussie couples who are deciding to miss out on the joys of raising a family purely out of the fear of cost pressures associated with it. But it doesn't have to be that way. In this episode, I'm going to take you through some steps that can help you plan and rearrange your priorities to help give you the best of both worlds, kids and the ability to afford them. Having kids should be a very personal rather than purely financial decision, and there is no general rule for when the right or wrong time to have them is. And I've got to be frank, it really annoys me when people say, oh, you must have kids when you're young, or you must have them when you're older and more experienced. You'll know when you're ready. It's up to you. Libby and I were over the moon when we found out we were pregnant with our first child, Samantha. We were so excited. We were busting to tell anyone who listened. So our first stop was Libby's parents, who were thrilled. But her very sensible father chipped in with, can you afford it? (laughs) i tell you what, that deflated our euphoric bubble a little. In fact, we actually hadn't even really thought about it that much. We just knew that we would just have to cope somehow. Then we told our friends... And the reaction ranged from excitement to one of horror that we were throwing away our life. You won't be able to travel. There goes the partying. You'll have no freedom. It was amazing how quickly other people evaporated our euphoria and we started to have serious doubts. But we quickly decided it was our life, our decision, and we were going to do what makes us happy. My mother's favourite saying is that your kids are on loan but you and your partner have each other forever. Think about it. It means be the best parent you possibly can, but don't forget each other. Your kids will eventually grow up, become independent and move on with their own life. But the two of you as a couple will hopefully be together forever. Enough of the philosophy, back to the doors and cents of having kids. I admit I can get a bit carried away with the non-financial reasons for having children, mainly because I reckon people stress way too much about the financial challenges. Having said that, the financial challenges can be daunting if you don't have a clear plan of attack. This is the bit which spooks everyone, the dollars around having kids. Starting with the birth, out-of-pocket expenses for a private health pregnancy and birth are between 2500 and $8,500. Raising two children to adulthood will cost anywhere from half a million to $1 million, depending on your income, your housing, and your lifestyle. So before you and your partner even tackle the question of having children, get a rough sense of your costs which may not fall neatly in line with the national average. You don't need to calculate the next 18 years of expenses, but you can at least focus on the short term. Babycenter.com has a great tool to help you get started, and you can modify it for your own particular situation. Yes, it's American, but it's a very nifty calculator, the best I've seen. It factors in prices for one-time buyers like a cot, or a crib as the Yanks call it, as well as recurring expenses like diapers or nappies in our language. Use it to get a rough budget estimate. ASIC's Money Smart website, moneysmart.gov.au, also has a budget calculator with a good cost of children section. And if you've got friends who have recently started a family, ask them about the costs they've incurred, especially any surprises. Remember that while a baby adds some major new expenses, it also cuts spending in other areas like entertainment and dining out. Also learn what maternity and paternity benefits your employer offers, because that will affect the extent to which your income could take a hit. Then have a talk, a big talk with each other. Share any of your financial anxieties about starting a family and ask your partner whether they share them or have different ones. For so many couples, the greatest anxiety comes from not understanding their current habits. So track your spending and understand what you could potentially give up you may be able to reduce some shared anxiety by framing the conversation using when instead of if you're going to have a baby. Ask yourselves if you have any other goals, like travelling, going back to study, paying off credit card debt, that you want to achieve before a child's arrival. Separately, list three to five things you want to accomplish that could derail your family plans then talk through them together to prioritise and use those lists to create a timeline of when is the right time for you. But if having a child is a priority, don't set up so many roadblocks that you delay it indefinitely. Often, each spouse starts out with different assumptions, so share your own childhood experience, outline what you would ideally like to do and then ask the same of your partner. If one parent stays at home, at least for a while, you need to discuss both the short-term hit to your income and any longer-term effect on career goals. If both parents continue to work, you need to think about both logistics and cost of childcare, which can be huge even after the government rebate. Let me tell you from experience though, once you start looking at costly baby supplies, it's easy to feel overwhelmed. Plenty of retailers are happy to make you think that you need the very latest of everything to be a successful parent. You don't. Focus only on the necessary a car seat, clothes, feeding equipment, and a cot. Your baby will never know that your stroller or cot is secondhand or that you bought all of their toys on Gumtree. And let's be honest, Your life changes in a big way when you have kids. Sleep becomes a luxury, nappy is a daily ritual, and seeing your children grow each day gives you more joy than you ever imagined possible. Alongside these daily ups and downs come some pretty big financial changes too, as you make sacrifices for your little ones and start planning for their future as well as yours. Libby and I had the same cheap cane lounge and dining furniture for all our kids' first steps, which was just part of starting a family of six on a cadet journalist's wage. So with the benefit of hindsight, here are my smart financial steps I've learned from having four kids of my own. Firstly, live on one income while you're trying to get pregnant. Once you've decided to have your first child, do your baby budget and start changing your lifestyle accordingly, a bit like baby boot camp. Try and save one partner's wage and live like the baby's already born. It'll prepare you financially and emotionally for the real thing and make the transition easier when the baby comes along. Plus, the extra savings will provide the safety net and emergency fund for any unforeseen problems. Then review your insurances. I spoke about insurance in episode six, but I have to stress again how important it is to be insured. But you can't insure yourself and your family against anything and everything. So go through your policies, including any held within your superannuation fund, and ensure there is adequate life, income protection, trauma, health and home insurance to protect your family if a crisis happens. As a general rule, you need enough insurance to support your family, cover debts, and provide for ongoing care if you die or become incapacitated. If you need more information on insurance, go back to Episode 6, where I take a real deep dive into the insurances that you do and don't need. Like we talked about in episode six again, updating your will is crucial when you become a parent. If you don't have a will, when the baby is born is the perfect time to tick it off your to-do list. It involves dictating where your assets will pass in the event of your death and naming an executor to administer the will. But one of the major decisions with this is naming a guardian for your child. You need to think about this carefully. Then, build an emergency fund. It's important to be prepared for the smaller financial headaches that life throws up too. So, start setting aside some money in an emergency fund. This is money that can be easily accessed in a financial emergency, like an unexpected health bill due to a sick child, loss of income, or a change. Ideally, this will be six months worth of living expenses to cover your bases, but whatever you have now, the most important thing is to start adding to it today. Budget for a more modest lifestyle. You probably don't need to be told that your free and easy weekends are over for the time being, but that doesn't mean you have to become homebound all the time. Spend some time making a budget that factors in your new family's everyday expenses and household essentials, which will involve adjustments to your old lifestyle. This can be a bit of a shock, but will ensure you recognise any shortfalls before they become big problems. Then see how you can arrange social and family engagements around a tighter budget, because mental health is just as important as financial health in a young family, you've got to get out and enjoy life. Set up a savings program. Setting your kids up for future opportunities starts the day they're born. And there's no bigger financial help you can give them than funding their future education, sporting or social pursuits with compound interests. So try to factor a small deposit into your family budget that goes into an account for your kids to access later. Then, rather than asking for baby toys or bibs for their early birthdays, you can ask your family to chip in to their little future fund instead. Say you start with $500 and add $20 a week. At an interest rate of 4%, it will grow to $28,300 by the time they turn 18. And make sure you receive your government assistance. Family tax benefit is a payment that helps eligible families with the cost of raising children. Family tax benefit Part A is paid per child and the amount is paid based on the family circumstances. Financial tax benefit Part B is paid per family and gives extra help to single parents and some couple families with one main income. Eligibility depends on the income earned by the family, but payments can be up to $240 per child per fortnight, so it's worth checking it out. Go to humanservices.gov.au for all of the details. Now, let's talk about childcare. Grandparents and relatives and friends have long been traditional carers, But some people don't have the luxury of besotted grandparents who'll drop everything to mind the grandchildren these days. And blimey, the cost of childcare can be horrendous. I am stunned by how much my daughters tell me they pay for it. And they hate it when I do the calculations and show them it's way more than even private school fees. I know this seems annoying to point out, but if it costs more for your child to be cared for then you make it work, then you have to ask yourself, is it really worth it and have that as a separate conversation. But the federal government does come to the rescue and you need to know about this. It's called the childcare subsidy and it's based on combined family income and an activity test based on how much you work and contribute to the economy. The previous $7,500 per child cap on childcare costs has been replaced by a means-tested subsidy which can cover the full cost of childcare for low-income earners and up to $10,000 per child for middle-income earners. Now, again, go to humanservices.gov.au for all the details on eligibility. It really is worth it. Now, there's no doubt kids do cost money, but Libby and I have come up with some great cost-cutting measures that we've developed over the years. Number one, establish a babysitting club with friends who have children around the same age. Offer to babysit each other's kids on a regular basis so couples can have a regular date night without costing the earth. Secondly, target families with children in the school year above your own and agree to buy their textbooks at the end of each year secondhand. Now, good trick here. We would always try to choose the bright kids because they'd leave great notes in the margins and great highlighting in the textbooks that our kids could learn from. Thirdly, organise a group of families with similar-age children to have regular clothes-swapping parties every three to six months. Bring all the clothes the kids have grown out of and trade them. Add a few glasses of wine. It can be a fun social event for parents as well. And making school lunches rather than forking out for the school canteen every day is a no-brainer. You'll say big time. For weekend sport, we'd register the kids in a summer, like little athletics, basketball and cricket, and winter – netball hockey and basketball sports registration fees are expensive so we'd weigh up bang for buck and school holiday tactics are important if you don't want them to be expensive most museums local councils and libraries have cheap or free fun activities over holiday periods which our kids and now our grandkids absolutely love or she was a neighbor of ours did in Melbourne implementing an interesting strategy. She'd make school holidays as boring as possible so the kids would look forward to going back to school. Unusual, but it seemed to work. And I know it sounds weird, but one of our best achievements was passing on the love of reading to all our kids. The hours of entertainment consumed where their noses in a good book was incredible. And above all It was cheap. So that brings us to the end of this episode on family planning the financial way. Don't put off starting a family because you're worried about your financial position, but do have a realistic and honest conversation with yourself and your partner about the lifestyle changes you'll need to make in order to make sure you're not in financial trouble when your child comes along. It will require sacrifice and some pretty careful planning. But believe me, the rewards are worth it. Libby and I are so glad we started our family at a young age and we look back on those photos with the old Kane Lounge fondly. If you want to learn more, head to the Your Money and Your Life website. There are plenty of articles and some more hints from Libby and I. That's ymyl.com.au. Good luck. And when you're ready to take the next step in getting your financial life under control, I'll be here waiting. Koshy's Easy Steps to Financial Success was presented by David Kosh and created in collaboration with Podcast One Australia. Producer, Melody Ruiz. Executive Producer, Jennifer Goggin. Sound production by Darcy Thompson. For more episodes, listen for free at podcastoneaustralia.com.au. Download the free Podcast One Australia app Or search Koshy's Easy Steps to Financial Success podcast.